It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about decisions. Thank you, Gabby. This is Evelyn Davidson. You are tuned to Love Talk with the Love Ladies. And in the studio is, uh, oh my gosh, how, how do I introduce you, Mrs.? Oh, well, you can just call me your surrogate daughter. That's right, your friend. Hi, hi, friend. It is Carrie. Yes, this is Coach Carrie Brinkader, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the love ladies, the first lady of love, with our introduction, Miss Evelyn Davison, and I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and on the line from across the nation, sort of, is yes. Kathy Indebrock. Hey, Kathy, Welcome. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Carrie. It's great to be with you guys this morning. I am calling in from Boise, Idaho, which is Idaho, not Iowa. So uh-huh. don't be thinking crazy <laughs> Democrat caucuses. I'm over on the other side of the nation, uh, kind of the northwest corner of the nation. And just uh, having such a great time up here. It's been so snowy and uh, having a lot of fun in this beautiful February, getting ready for Valentine's Day to come up. And with three girls, you know, we're always thinking about Valentine's Day a couple weeks in advance mm. because Valentine's Day is kind of close to girls' hearts. And uh, But it's just so much fun to call in today and, and talk with you and talking about decisions and getting to talk about kind of friendships today and how friendships really impact those defining decisions that we make in our life and how choosing what friends we surround ourselves with is in itself a defining decision. It is. And I love that term, Kathy, defining decisions. You know, mm-hmm. do they impact us for good or do they uh, impact us for in, in a negative way? And who we choose to surround ourselves with, our true blues. I love that term, true blue, our true blues. Um, you know, who, who are they and why are they in our inner circle? Why do we choose to put them in our inner circle? You know, most people think that I'm, I'm this vast extrovert, but I'm really not. I'm really an introvert. And so I find that I have a very small group of, of very close friends. Um, I don't have a large group of close friends. I have a large group of what I would say friends, you know, good friends. I could probably call on them if I needed them, but my close, my true blues, it's a very small group. So, uh, you know, it's fun to talk today about who is your true blue, true blue in this series that we've had on decisions. It, it has been wonderful so far. If you've missed any of our shows in this series on decision, mm. you can go to lovetalknetwork.com and you can find those in our archives, download it, and you can listen at any time to those past shows. You know, there's a study from Cornell that says we make over 35,000 decisions a day. Mm. <laughs> not a year, not, I mean, a day, 35,000 a day, which I find crazy. 2020 is also a big decision year for our nation. And so as we start thinking about decisions, we're looking at fathers of the faith, our prestigious predecessors, and discussing what decisions they made. Last week, we had a great show on Joshua, the leader of Israel that took over after Moses died and who led that nation of Israel into the promised land. We've also looked at some big decisions made by Paul. Today, we're going to look at biblical figures from not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament as well. Miss Evelyn, I'm super excited about our show today. Our key verse 
But if any of you lacks wisdom, you should pray to God, who will give it to you, because God gives generously and graciously to all. James 1, 5. Miss Evelyn, I am at a point with teenagers where I wake up every day and just ask for (laughs) wisdom, right? The next step. Um, They're such great kids, uh, but we all need wisdom and how to deal with things that they're dealing with that we didn't necessarily have to deal with growing up. Mm, It's a whole different ballgame, right? Um, And I tell them all the time, look, I've never had a 16 and a 15-year-old before. (laughs) So so cut me some slack as we try to figure this out. But wisdom. And many times it takes wisdom to decide who is your true blue, your ride or die. You know, that person who's going to stick with you through thick and thin. Well, Miss Evelyn, as we introduce the show today, we've got to find out what's going on in your world. Oh, it's busy. It's twirling. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, of course, we're working on the new book. Uh, I've got the uh, draft on my desk to read this weekend. And it really, when you stop and think about it, love talking and love walking across America is we have been so blessed uh, to do that with love talk. Mm-hmm. There are so many ways that people can now communicate where my growing up, it was a big chief tablet in a number two pencil. Yes, it was. You know, even with the radio <laughs> my station my dad had, it was still, it kind of, was a pivot off of that. That's where we made our plans, and you erased it. You know, if it didn't work today, what do we do? We punch the computer. We do. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not just people sometimes that that we need as friends. Is we need that strategy for living a life that would bring honor and glory to people, and mm-hmm. and not that people just need it to like us. But that together we might serve the Lord Jesus. And oh, so it's, that. you know, it's a good season. We're just pushing through this and, uh, talked this morning early with the friends from the governor's uh, office. Uh, first lady, uh, is not going to be able to be with us for the luncheon that we'll have the first weekend that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In May? May. Okay. Could get it out. You know, it's real funny. I, I stuttered until I was 14 years of age, and my dad had a really bad name for me. And finally it began, and then I had some training, you know, to get over that. And I've noticed the last year's come back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't notice it, Mr. Well, Evelyn. I know, but it's, it's kind of funny because it's become my friend. <laughs> it doesn't want to leave me alone. <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, we are really in a position in this state, and especially in, in Austin, Texas, to reach out and touch the heart and the lives of a lot of people. And we, you know, with, with the radio, 35 years, it's a miracle when you look at it. It is. But it's only because of people like you, Missy Carey, and you, Kathy. Because, you know, there, the Lord has a plan, and friendship is part of that plan. It is, absolutely. And, Kathy, you know, you mentioned uh, Valentine's Day coming up here in a week or so, and what a joy that is and what fun. What else is going on in your world, Kathy? You know, it's been just such a brilliant week. I don't know how many of our listening friends watched the State of the Union address. Mm. It was brilliant. Probably the best State of the Union address I've ever watched in my lifetime. And I will tell you, if you didn't watch it, go back and and watch it from beginning to end. And I I just, I, I love, I think this is the type of president that 
our international leaders get to see, you know, when he goes on different trips overseas, he is very statesmanlike. And uh, so I just I, I love the way that he addressed the nation mm-hmm. and really spoke to our hearts and, and really spoke to all Americans and reached out to all Americans. And, uh, you know, there were so many things that he could have been Twitter-esque about, I would say. And and he wasn't. He was just, um, I thought, very gracious and straightforward. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just loved it. And, you know, it just reminded me that, oh, my gosh, here is this man that we need to be praying for because – he doesn't need to do this, right? I mean, Eric and I right now, we're thinking if we had a billion dollars, I think we'd be sitting on a beach in the Polynesian <laughs> Island somewhere. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we would literally just be killing ourselves uh, for this nation, trying, you know, really working every day, getting our entire family. I mean, his whole family has just rallied around him. And, uh, you know, these kids that, for every they have every everything would tell you that they should be spoiled rich kids with you know gone the typical Hollywood way with drug problems and and all that kind of stuff and yet they're not I mean they're quality individuals with strong character who are standing up and and working right alongside their dad and I just think that is such an inspiration and I mean it shows the type of children that he's raised how involved he's been in their lives and. Anyway, I just, you know, I just was really set in my mind that I need to be praying for this president because, you know, he could easily come and say, you know what, I am just sick of all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted mm-hmm. and I'm just not going to run another four years. I'm I'm kind of done. I'm ready for my my island. I'm just going to go to Miralago and, and uh, relax with uh, cocktails every evening. So. I'm just really praying that the Lord continues to strengthen him, continues to give him favor and continues to give him a desire to stand for what is right so that we can continue to enjoy having the religious liberties that we have and not have those be in jeopardy like they were under uh, the last administration. But so, you know, I don't know. It was just a great high for me seeing seeing that State of the Union address and see the response of Americans all across the nation uh, that they didn't stand for the pettiness uh, that some politicians, uh, you know, got up and, you know, tearing up the speech and not introducing him properly and really being disrespectful and in an embarrassment. Uh, I loved it that so many people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, everybody stood up, recognized the, the quality of his address and really condemned the pettiness uh, that was on display uh, by the House Speaker and some of the other people, and I don't know. It was a great encouragement to me that hey, we we we're all we all love this country. We're standing for this country, and we're going to uh, support uh, the good things, and we're going to not accept the bad. Well, the, you know, the scripture that I read this morning said a new government of love will be established. Of course, he was talking about the nation of Israel, a new yeah. government in the the David tradition, mm-hmm. and you had something to think. How did David rule? You know, he got in trouble. He did, but you know, you know, with David, Miss Evelyn was—he's such an interesting leader because he gave uh, gave others a second chance, mm-hmm. but he was so hard on himself. 
you know, when he sinned, he, he, man, he, he just went to God and he, he got <laughs> he on his knees. He almost jumped off the roof. <laughs> well, yes, but yet he was so quick to offer grace to others whenever they messed up. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to talk about David in the future in this yes. series on decisions because he was such a powerful leader and, and so different from other leaders. Um, thank you, Kathy, for your commentary on that. It, 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 so wonderful, the things that we've seen. It has been an awesome, awesome week. I'm excited about the week to come. Um, it is, we are winding down, Miss Evelyn, Kathy, with our basketball seasons, and mm. it makes me a little sad, but it also makes me incredibly excited for the coming week. Um, this week on Monday night, I'll be in College Station coaching my team, and then on Tuesday night, I'll be uh, way up in Louisville, uh, up in the Dallas area, watching my son play in a playoff game. And then on Thursday night, I'll be in Waco coaching my team um, in a playoff game. So it is going to be a crazy week. Well, we're going to be praying. (laughs) Super fun. Um, for this uh, for this basketball coach. Well, friends, goodness, it is time for our first break. When we return, decisions. Who is your true blue? Who, did you, who do you decide or how do you decide who is in your inner circle? Who do we consider our true blue friends and why? When we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the Love Ladies, and this is Love Talk every Saturday right here on The Bridge, 1120 AM, 101 FM. We're so delighted that you are with us. We're in a series, Decisions, Decisions, Decisions. <laughs> we, You know, so many times in our lives we have these defining decisions, and some of those deal with our friendships, Miss mm-hmm. Evelyn. You know, how, how do we decide who's in our inner circle and, and who do we consider to be our true blue, our ride or die, those, those that will never lead us, leave us? How do we decide who comes into the, the inner circle? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I feel like these relationships kind of morph over time. And sometimes we have to move relationships out of our inner circle mm-hmm. as well. And we'll get to that later on in our program. We are loaded with questions for today's show, and we hope to provide some biblical answers when it comes to deciding who will be in our inner circle. So, Miss Evelyn, you have been on this earth for almost 89 glorious years. Gosh, just in a few weeks is your birthday. It's so exciting. Oh, thank um, you. And I know you have a lot of friends over the years, friends that have come into your life for a season, friends that have been your 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 true inner circle people for your whole life. So how do these healthy relationships begin? Well, it begins with a need. Usually someone will call up and say, Evelyn, I, you know, my, my son's in prison or my son got arrested last night. What do I do? I said, well, the first thing you do is pray. You know, mm-hmm. first thing you do is pray. You know, we <laughs> life is fun at times. Van and I just kid each other. Our social life is funerals. Miss <laughs> Evelyn, <laughs> Why can't you know? uh, and a few you know senior parties, but in fact we're going to one next week. It's a Valentine's thing, but you know when you stop and think about it, it 
that's kind of what life is. It prepares us for the second life. Mm-hmm. And uh, funerals, uh, of course, I, you know, uh, for years, I did my dad's when he died. I did, did my mom's. Uh, you know, I've done friends to dad's and people that aren't involved in church. And, uh, you know, I always call it not funerals, but funerals. And when you look at it and the fun that you <laughs> I'm silly. I'm silly. I know. But you know what? Healthy relationships uh, reflect one thing. And that's the love of God and our involvement with Him. Mm-hmm. Our, our, you know, there's no vary for age, uh, or race, or religion. Friends come into life for a season, and that's the thing that hurts sometimes about friendship. You have a really good friend, and maybe someone you drop one little error, and then or they have to move off to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying often, uh, you know, we are consumed uh, by uh, the different things that we are called on to do. But it's also a major connection with what it, God wants it to be. And that is a sacred life. You stop and think about that. That is what most friendships are formed uh, by is a life that is fun and loyal and purposeful and and with christians uh you know it's the lord does its special delivery for us sometimes and i feel that way about you kathy <laughs> and you miss carrie is when you have a need what do you do you go to your best friend mm-hmm. and ask them to pray for you mm-hmm. and you pray yourself and and just really involve the lord and your friend in the need in your life and you know i've got so many in the, so many illustrations of those in our life that it's it's an amazing. I had one friend that wanted to have a baby, and uh, she came to our prayer group, and she was on my couch whining and crying, and and you know questioned her, and finally said to her, "What is it you want?" You know, and she finally said, "I want to have a baby." About four weeks later, nine o'clock at night, she called me hysterically, laughing. I said, what in the world is going on? And she said, you won't believe this, but said, I thought I went to the uh, chemo doctor today because she'd had cancer and said, and uh, she said, uh, and he told me one thing girl wrong me, but I was pregnant. <laughs> she has had tubes. <laughs> wow. Said, you know, that's, that's what life is. It repeats itself. It restores itself when we have a connection with a friend. And the best friend we have is Jesus. Well, it is. And, you know, Miss Evelyn, as I look at my life, you know, I'm trying to count up, you know, how many people I have in my life that I know would literally drop everything if I needed something. Yes. And I had no idea, um, you know, I've had friends in my life through different times in my life, but when my daddy passed away in August, the day of his funeral, I see friends showing up from from different states. They flew in just to support me and to support my family because they loved my daddy, you know, and they loved me. Wow. I mean, that, I'm getting choked up. That's a true friend. Somebody who drops everything, flies across the country to come and support, right? And, you know, some of those friends, some of those relationships um, didn't start with a, you know, a commonality of Jesus. They started with a deep love for one another and a respect for one another. And over the years, even if those friends are not Christian, what what those relationships reflect is the love of Jesus. Yes. Whether they understand that or not, right, the way they love me, the way I love them, that's the love of Jesus. 
because that's where love God is love. That's where it comes from. And so those relationships over time, over the years, have just reflected God's love in so many ways. Um, and I'm so thankful for those people who love me, uh, even though I fall short, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I just pray that I can be as good a friend to them as they are to me. And and, and what, a, what a blessing they've been. So, Kathy... How do we decide who will be our true blue friends? One of the relationships we see in the Bible that reflects this true friendship and a decision to reflect the love of God to one another is Ruth and Naomi. I love this story. Um, but there's decisions that are made here. And and what's so special about this relationship? I mean, Carrie, you're right. The The decision of who we are going to surround ourselves with is so important. There's... In Proverbs uh, 13:20, it says, "He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm." Mm. And a little bit further on in Proverbs 27:9, it says, "A sweet friendship refreshes the soul." Mm, and yes. that makes me think about Ruth and Naomi, and we're gonna we're gonna see that in a minute. And then there's also a warning that we get in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 15:33. It says, "Do not be misled. Bad company." corrupts good character Mm -hmm. and so you know some of us may be thinking the situation that we're in we may need to reconsider who we're surrounding ourselves with maybe some of us are saying i don't have any friends and i would like to have some friends i found the best way to make friends is to be a good friend and sometimes that takes a lot of character building with with us and i and i love this situation with naomi and ruth because Ruth got a true friend in Naomi because she chose to be a good friend. And it's this incredible story of how their friendship starts and, and um, how it develops. So basically, I, and there's so much to this, but I'm just going to pick up at a, at a point where we really start to see Ruth and, and Naomi grow a strong, close friendship. And we're in a situation where we're in Moab. So Naomi is uh, a Hebrew, a, a, an Israelite. She is from Jerusalem. Ruth is a Moabite. Uh, mm-hmm. So she is, is from mm-hmm. um, a, a land that would, could be considered an enemy of the, of the Jewish people. Uh, but Naomi and her husband had moved to Moab during a time of famine in Jerusalem. And their two sons had married uh, Moabite women. And so one of those women was Ruth. So Ruth is actually a daughter-in-law to Naomi. But the story that where I'm going to pick it up is uh, we're in Moab and Naomi's husband has died. And both of Naomi's sons have died. And so Naomi is just completely grief-stricken mm-hmm. and she has heard that there is actually now food again back in Jerusalem. And so Naomi is going to turn around and go back to Jerusalem, back to her people. She's going to leave this foreign land of Moab. And so Naomi turns to both of her daughter-in-laws and tells them, go back to your people. Um, you are still young enough. You can go and remarry. So I, I give you my blessing and I want you to go back. And, and go back and, and, and remarry, have a full life. And uh, as for me, I am going back to Jerusalem. 
And uh, one of her daughter-in-laws does return to Moab, and, and, and we don't hear more on her. We assume, again, being young, being beautiful, she would have gotten married and, and had a life. Uh, but the other daughter-in-law, Ruth, uh, goes to Naomi and refuses to leave her. She basically tells Naomi, wherever you go, that is where I am going to go. And who your God is, that is who my God is going to be. And I will not leave your side. So Ruth returns with Naomi to Jerusalem, to this place that now for Ruth is going to be a foreign land for her. And she has no husband. They have no future. They don't know what is going to happen next. But we see in Ruth this woman of, of we see this generosity, this compassion, this self-sacrifice. And even though she had no obligation to Naomi, she made this decision to love and care for her mother-in-law. And she became fiercely loyal. And so she, she sticks by Naomi's side. And after traveling back to Bethlehem, Ruth then works to provide for both she and Naomi because Naomi can't even work. She's too old. And so we see Ruth sacrificing her time and effort out of this loving concern for her mother-in-law. And this is a true blue friend. This is an inner circle friend. Ruth is someone who is going to stick by you no matter what. And she reflects the the love of God to Naomi who is, is, is bitter and distraught and grief-stricken, Ruth just loves her and loves her and loves her. And uh, we get to see, friends, I would just encourage you, go to the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Read the rest of the story because it is one of my favorite stories in the, in the Bible, and it has a brilliant ending. It does. When we return to Love Talk, we'll talk about that ending. And we'll also hear from Miss Evelyn about... How does she decide to love every day? She's been married for a very long time. 65 years. 65 glorious years. And we'll see how she decides to love every day, just like Ruth decided to love Naomi when we return to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. This is Love Talk with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader in studio with the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. And on the line, our beautiful friend, Kathy Endebrock. Decisions. How do we decide to love and reflect the love of God in our relationships? You know, like I said before, sometimes our relationships, you know, uh, maybe one of our really good friends may not may not be a Christian, but you're reflecting the love of God to one another, even though they may not know that that's what they're reflecting. Um, I have a, a friend um, that I coached with. Well, we were colleagues at Southwestern, and he is not a Christian, but I consider him a friend, a, a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we he calls. Uh, we have coffee. I don't know about once every six eight weeks, and he calls it our change the world coffees, right? Um, but he's he's not a Christian. But he does reflect the love of God towards toward me. Um, he's retired now. Uh, great guy. But uh, I always think when I have coffee with him, all right, I want to show him the love of God today mm. and just keep reflecting that to him um, because that's such a huge part of, of who I am. It is who I am. 
And so to be able to reflect that to him is super special to me. Miss Evelyn, this uh, relationship with Ruth and Naomi, it grew over time. Mm-hmm. I don't think the story tells us how long the the sons were married to the daughters. I, I don't know if it does. I can't remember that part of the story. I don't remember reading that in my studies. But we know this relationship grew over time. It just didn't happen overnight. Um, when all the men died, Ruth could have easily said, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to get remarried. I'm just going to stay here. It's easier. Naomi, peace out, right? Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She made this decision to love her mother-in-law. Um, and it's a defining decision for her life. So, Miss Evelyn, you've been married 65 years. Um, how... Can you tell talk us through how you make this decision? Fans easy to love, I know, but there must have been times that you had to make a decision over the years. Okay, I'm gonna love him. I don't really like him right now, but I'm gonna love him. <laughs> it's been 65 years. Well, we we uh, we did date a long time. He was in college and one over at Huntsville, <clears throat> and I was in college uh, in the Lufkin area, Nacogdoches area. And uh, we had dated, it went on three years. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling my mom, you know, we, we'd see each other on the weekend. I had a car, and he didn't have a car. So I would take him back to Huntsville on, on Sunday afternoon, so that would give us some time together. But my mom just uh, kept, uh, you know, telling him, you know, you just need to go get you somebody else. <laughs> I mean, telling me that. Not Dan that. had to fight for you, huh? I, yeah, and my dad had t- said, no, you're not going to marry. And so, but three years we dated, and he w- it was during Korean War, and he had to go to, uh, um, to I, well, he joined the Navy because mm-hmm. he, he had, was scheduled to go to the Air Force, and uh, that didn't work out. It was too big. And so, anyway, he he went on, and um, uh, he started the phone calls. And uh, I'm going to get a – I'm going to school after I get out of boot camp, and uh, it's, it's about three weeks, and then I'm coming home, and we're going to get married. Hmm. And, I, you know, it was just <laughs> – I mean, he he said, we have dated long enough. And I said, well, you know, my dad has said no. And he was strong character. And so they said, well, we don't care. I said, we'll, we'll just get married with our friends. And so uh, it it I knew that I loved him, but I didn't know that I loved him enough to, to marry him. Mm-hmm. And it's the funniest thing. Just about a month ago, my pastor asked me, Evelyn, how did you know you love Van enough to marry him? Because mm-hmm. Van's a very unusual person. Uh, and I said, well, I didn't have much choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny. But you know, the thing about it is you, we have to make a decision to love somebody. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a developing a relationship and you pray about it, and Van and I prayed together for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was not just overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was not sure. He was sure, but I was not sure. Uh, but the important thing I think about it every day is you make a decision that you're going to love in a way that will make a difference in your children's life, in your in-laws' life, whatever. And it it is the story of love. That's why our new book. Uh, Praising and praying. I mean, the last one, praising, praying, praising and praying across America. Uh, we took it to Washington D.C. and gave a copy to every representative, every senator. It was based on love. Mm-hmm. You're here 
you're here. The same way with the new one we're writing, mm-hmm. which is uh, is about love. And so, you know, when you you try to measure love, there is no measurement for it. You stop and think about it. I think the more you give, the more you get, right? Which right. You, you know that doesn't happen with anything else, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's what what the relationship needs is time to grow mm-hmm. and to multiply. Because, you know, it has to be two sides together to come, you know, to make a friendship mm-hmm. or a love ship. You just don't do it by yourself. That's right. So, you know, mm-hmm. through the years, it's been exciting. I don't know what we'll do for our anniversary. We'll probably wait until, you know, the summer and take a cruise. Uh, but Van is good about celebrating. And uh, I, he drives me along to things that, you know, I, that are a little difficult now. But the love is still there. And, uh, it is an amazing thing to me. He loves me enough that he does the shopping, he does the cooking, he does the driving. <laughs> you know, it's just that relationship that you develop uh, of giving instead of just always receiving. Yes. Give uh, to receive. Thank you, Miss Evelyn, for sharing that. Such a selfless story. Just, <clears throat> just like we see Ruth and Naomi, their selfless relationship. You know that story does have a very happy ending um, with Ruth, and she ends up getting married. She actually marries the landowner of the field where she was working. And uh, we all need to find our Boaz. That's who she. That's who she married. I found mine. I hope you have one of your own. Another example that we have uh, that we see in the Bible is this true love, true blue friendship between brothers, Moses and Aaron. They're actually the first siblings that we see in the Bible who actually get along. Um, You know, Kathy mentioned uh, in one of the breaks that, you know, Noah has some sons and they, they do get along, but we really see excuse me, a true friendship, a true loving relationship between Moses and Aaron. You know, Cain and Abel obviously didn't get along. Cain ended up killing Abel. Jacob and Esau, there's deception all over the place there. Joseph's brother sold him, brothers sold him into slavery. Um, I, I, so these two brothers, they decide to show the love of God to one another, to not pick on each other's weaknesses, Miss Evelyn, But where Moses was weak, Aaron stepped up. Where Aaron was weak, Moses stepped up. That's what marriage is. Yes, they weren't. They weren't these, um, you know, clones of one another. They complemented one another, and I I just think that's so remarkable. They're they're not mirror images. Um, One set of qualities is not better than the other. In Psalm, we see mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Mercy and righteousness, um, you know, are describing Moses and truth and peace are describing Aaron. Moses, um, he confronts. He's, he's a prophet. So he confronts. He prods. He challenges with his words, right? We see that all throughout um, his leadership of the Israelite people. We see Aaron as this priest who comforts and heals and has soothing words, right? They, they complement one another. Moses walks in front of the people. Aaron walks with the people. Moses is this very proactive speaker, and Aaron is kind of reactive. He's more of a listener. Um, And again, one set of qualities is not better than the other. 
You know, one of my best friends on the whole planet, we joke with one another that we literally have nothing in common except (laughs) Jesus and our kids. I mean, she's not athletic in any way, shape, or form. She doesn't enjoy, you know, sports. Uh, She doesn't enjoy sweating. Um, She um, loves uh, deep conversations, and she loves... Um, art and music and it's we're just so different yet we complement one another Mm -hmm. because I love hearing about things going on in her life and things that she's interested in because I I, I like to broaden my horizons and over the years she has attended so many basketball games even though she 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 did started out and didn't even know a thing about the sport so it, what a glorious, glorious friendship that is to be able to complement one another. So, Kathy, I know you have a lot of friends. You've got a lot of buddies. Um, do you have any friends that you just feel like you're, you guys are so different, but yet um, you have a strong bond that reflects the love of Jesus? Yeah, those. I mean, those friends that you can uh, – call at any time those friends that out of the blue you know you'll just get a text from exactly during the time that you need it and uh, you know the thing that I love about true blue friends is age doesn't matter uh Mm -hmm. race doesn't Mm -hmm. matter it's you know you and I mean Carrie I love that you have this example of someone who you know where the fact that he's not a Christian that has not stood in the way of your friendship Mm -hmm. I I have found that with with friends, I have a lot of friends that have come from all different religious backgrounds. But my my inner circle personally, um, we've just found over the years that our inner circle for Eric and I are they they do tend to be Christians. And uh, for us, it's kind of like, gosh, I, I don't know. I mean, I as Christ has become a closer part of of my life. Um, it's, I, I don't know. I've always been raised, maybe it's a being in a Jewish background. You talk about religion, you talk mm-hmm. about scripture, you talk about how it applies to life. You debate scripture over the dinner table. And so for me, I, I love going to a coffee shop and talking about what is God doing in your life? What has he done? I love praying mm-hmm. together with my close friends. And so for someone who's not a Christian, it's kind of like, it would be hard to have a really close friend who didn't like your husband. You know, right. it's like, okay, every time your husband walks into the room, that person would be pretty uncomfortable. It might be kind of a tense situation. And so I would say that the the closer I've grown in my relationship with the Lord, that those individuals who who don't also love him or, or who are, uh, you know, really have rejected any sort of faith, that while those have remained friends and, and I would definitely help in any way I could if they ever called and and write them letters of encouragement, I find that as far as being close and bound to my heart, there it, it's just not that same mm-hmm. relationship. But um I, I will say I've struggled a little bit with, with friendship since coming up to Idaho because all of my close, close friends are back in Texas. And so God has been really gracious to me in that he has been beginning to bless me with some wonderful friendships up here in in Idaho. And so, I mean, that's, I just think being able to go out and have a coffee and being face-to-face with that really good friend, it just does something for our heart. And um, 
I think proximity really helps. So I'm so excited. I get to come back in March and see a bunch of uh, of my close friends, and I get to be with you and with Evelyn that first week of March. And it just, you know, I just get so pumped. It's like going on vacation of oh, we the are best kind every time I get to go back to Texas. Absolutely. I, I, I understand and I echo your sentiment there, Kathy, that those in our inner circle um, are typically the ones that are loving Jesus um, and reflecting that as well. So, you know, friends, I, golly, I can't believe we only have one more segment to go. When we return to Love Talk, we are going to look at what happens when somebody in our circle, um, when the relationship starts to become unhealthy. What happens? How do we deal with that when we return to Love Talk right after this? And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy and DeBrock, and in studio today is the beautiful Coach Carrie Brinkater and the lovely Miss Evelyn Davison. <laughs> friends, it's been so much fun today on Love Talk in this series talking about decisions. Uh, decisions. And today, what is your true blue or who is your true blue friend? And what are the importance of friendships? How do we make friends? How do we, um, how do we decide who to surround ourselves with? And how do we return and be a good friend? I love in the last segment that we really, we really kind of made the point that friends are so different than us. To have a close friend doesn't mean that someone has to be exactly like you. More often than not, the close friends that we have in our inner circle are vastly different from us. And um, Carrie, you had included this verse from from Matthew, and and I wanted to talk about this a little bit now since this is our last segment. You know, sometimes we um, have these very very close inner circle friends, and sometimes uh, maybe the dynamic changes or something becomes unhealthy. Uh, for example, if if one of our true blue friends from our past. Um, maybe starts to to do some things that are are not healthy or maybe a person that stood by us before we met Jesus or before we started a living for Jesus that person uh, really begins to doubt who we are and and they try and pull away or we see that there's something unhealthy developing in the relationship there's this really great passage in Matthew 13 verses 53 through 57 and it's about friends of Christ that he had growing up. And I'm just going to read this to you. It says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, he taught there in the synagogue so that they and they were astonished. And they said, where does this man get his wisdom from? And how does he do these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this is not his Mary, his mother called Mary and are not his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Aren't all of her his sisters with us? Then when did this man get all of these things? And they took offense at him. So instead of loving him and seeing this dynamic uh, change in, in Jesus, they took offense at him. They became negative towards him. And so we may see this happening in our own life. What, Carrie, what do we do when this happens? I mean, is it ever right to walk away from a friendship? Well, I do believe that it is. And, and I want to be really clear here now. These are not, you know, covenant relationships, uh, marriages or God ordained relationships, father, mother, child, <clears throat> spouse. We're talking here about 
friends, business associates, casual acquaintances, maybe distant relatives, people who remind you continually of what you used to be, right? You know, I can't imagine being constantly reminded of all of my mistakes. And those old opinions that were not God's opinions, And these are opinions that do not relate to your tomorrow. These are opinions that relate to your yesterday. And I think, you know, they can really prey on our hearts. They can manipulate us in ways that are unhealthy and cause us to doubt ourselves now with this new walk in Christ or or now that we've decided to um, raise our family a certain way or um, we've decided to uh, really be bold for Jesus and friends say, Psh, yeah, well, I knew you back when you did such and such. How can you say this now? You you were you did this you know, all these years ago, or they may say it jokingly, yeah, yeah, that's not what you used to say, or whatever, you know, just poking fun. But these relationships are harmful to us now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miss Evelyn, I know you've had people come and go out of your life. I've had people come and go out of my life. And sometimes these relationships, they, they kind of just fade away. But sometimes we we have to do something or we have to make a hard decision to just say, you know what, I cannot continue to be around this person in an unhealthy way. And when when do we know or how do we make that hard decision, Miss Evelyn? Well, it's hard, uh, especially if it's a continuing thing or it's been a long-time relationship. And uh, we've all had those that we've worked with and for one reason or another, uh, uh conflict has entered and they you know you get to the point that you have to make a decision Mm -hmm. but what you don't do is uh you just don't give up on the person you give them to the lord jesus Mm. and uh it's a good idea to pray with them and say you know i see we're in a in a hole here or we're just kind of in a rut uh you know i would suggest you know this this or this but if we if we do that with a friend or with a client and mostly that comes with clients, then you don't give up. You just you you just continue to pray. And when you decide to do that, uh, when you turn the person over to the Lord, uh, you release that person for God to work in their mm-hmm. life. And sometimes that's hard to do if it's family. You want to fix it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And I always thought that word heavy laden is a peculiar description. But that's when the burden gets so big we cannot carry it. And so that's what he says. He come and heavy laden. And what will happen? I will give you rest. Mm. So if we, if we, mm, and, and I hate to use the term cut off a friendship or rearrange a friendship or even a professional uh, arrangement, that's where it comes more than than friendship. That's really hard. It is. Uh, You just have to say, well, you know, I really don't know the answers for you, but I do know this. I will pray. Mm -hmm. I will pray with my best friend. And, and, you know, people think, gosh, she's going to pray for me. Mm -hmm. I remember having that feeling. Go go ahead and pray. Because my pastor came to me one day 
and asked me some questions. Mm-hmm. And I answered him, and he said, I'm going to pray for you. Mm. I'm going to pray for you. I was trying to make, we were trying to make a decision about a couple of things. Uh, one of them was the Good News Journal. And what do you do? You know, you ask the Lord to, to you know, do what it is that you desire. If he has another plan, then, you know, it's hard sometimes. And you, you do need counsel. But the best thing is to uh, uh, just don't let yourself get weary and heavy laden, but give your burdens to the Lord. Well, and I think it's so important, you know, to remember we're not telling that person I don't care about you. In fact, what we're yeah. really saying is I care about you enough to give this to the Lord, to the only person who's truly qualified to counsel and guide and help. I mean, that's ultimate love right there and you know what god is in the business of repairing broken things and sometimes he will repair that relationship and sometimes it's time to move on Mm -hmm. um to something more healthy and again that doesn't mean that i don't care about that person and that i don't continue to pray for them and maybe catch up with them every now and then it just means that they are they're not quite in that inner Mm -hmm. circle any longer um, for for whatever reason that may be. So, you know, Kathy, I think today we're asking our listening friends, who is your true blue? And, you know, it might be time to pick up the phone and call some of those true blue friends and get together for a time of refreshing and mm-hmm. fun and laughter. And, you know, you also need to consider, we need to consider, I need to consider, are those are there relationships in our lives that are hurtful because of where we've come from or because of our past do we need to consider committing those relationships to to god that's a tough decision to make are we willing to decide to be selfless and kind like ruth and develop relationships over time and are we willing to decide to love those who are different from us like moses and aaron friendship is a beautiful thing and the decisions that we make around around friendships is just such an important defining factor in our life. I love that my group of friends is so diverse. Um, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world uh, was an assistant coach of mine, and he is now one of my husband's best friends in the whole world, which I think is absolutely glorious. I've got friends from childhood, friends from college, that uh, my group is so diverse, and I love each and every one, and I'm so thankful for what they mean to me. And I would echo what Kathy says. You know, sometimes I tell some of my good friends, like, I'm the worst friend on the planet because I'm so bad about picking up the phone and just calling to see how they're doing. And so, you know, maybe that's what we're challenging you to do today is pick up that phone. Mm-hmm. Call the person that you need to call and tell them how much you love them and what they mean to you and get caught up. Send that note. Or, you know, better yet, just pick up the phone and shoot them a text and, and, and send them a word of encouragement. For the day. What a blessing that is when you get something like that out of the blue. Friends, it's been such a delight to be with you today. Remember, these are defining decisions, decisions that impact us every single day. Who is your true blue? Who do you want in your inner circle? Ultimately, friends, it's reflecting the love of God to those around us. 
We pray that you will find a church on this this weekend, this glorious weekend, that you will find a church that is preaching the word, that you will find people at that church that can love you and surround you with the love of Jesus Christ. If you need us, if you have questions, please feel free to call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. You can always find us on Love Talk Network as well as on Facebook. Friends, we love you. For my beautiful colleagues, Kathy Enderbrock and Evelyn Davison, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk. Mm.